Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. I love it. I love it. I got an in-studio guest. I always love it when uh, I have people who have a music background. I've been in the music. Whenever they had their intro, they just go, oh, okay. Like Patti LaBelle, she went, can you play that beat back for me, please? <laughs> Each Money Making Conversation radio talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. They, in turn, being my guests, uh, deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. Something I was not able to accomplish. I feel I've turned the corner, and I'm doing a much better job of being able to balance my success with uh, the people who I'm trying to live a much more comfortable life than I did. My next guest is uh, in the studio with me. I always love it when he come in. He's a husband, father, singer, songwriter, actor, and philanthropist. He has gathered, he has garnered many awards and honors since entering the music business in 1996, including a Grammy Award, an MTV Video Music Award, two multi-platinum albums, and one platinum album, and two gold albums. He's in studio to talk about Q Parker Productions. Yes, sir. Q Parker Legacy Foundation, the Bridge Project, and the shift into music with a purpose. Yes, sir. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Q Parker. What's going on? <laughs> Thank you, brother. What's up, huh? Nephew, nephew. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But before we got on air, I go, look here, man. Uh, I hope you don't think you just, you just saw me for a short term. You're gonna this see is not before. a one-off. This is not a one-off. And that's important. Uh, love it. I, uh, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm originally from there. I moved here to Atlanta in 2007, okay. and my headquarters is in Atlanta. So you have access to me. So, I live so 10 me. years qualifies yeah. you as... I'm here, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're I, I, one I dro- of us now. I, I drove by the uh, the game on Sunday, and I I saw. Uh, I didn't know that many black people went to Atlanta Falcon game. <laughs> I was I was actually stunned. I went, "This is a black game. This is." Y'all yeah. feel like I was an HBCU game. Yeah, <laughs> black right. people go That's to true. Atlanta Falcons that game. True. And so I know about Atlanta now. Let's talk about you, your career, your brand. Now, you say shift in music. Yes, Talk sir. about that first. Because well, that's, 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 that's really your base. Yes, sir. Okay. Shifting music simply means uh, connecting with your purpose and understanding that uh, your gift will make room for you. Okay. And I've been able to be in the music entertainment industry um, for over 25 Absolutely. years. Mm-hmm. And to now make music that is going to impact people right. in a more positive way. You know, being a teenager... Uh, myself with my group members, we made songs that just were, you know, real life situations, yes. um, you know, relationships, yes. uh, fantasies at, at some times. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, now uh, understanding that I have a generation that's behind me looking right. and mm-hmm. watching every step, I, I'm very, very connected to our young men and the youth men's movement. Oh, okay. And so everything that I do, I want to make sure that my son, who is 15 years old, mm-hmm. as well as this next generation, are fully, fully equipped. Right. Um, to be able to sustain themselves. Right. And one of the most influential pieces of information is music. Right. And so all the music that I make, I want it to be uplifting, empowering, mm-hmm. um, and filled with a lot of love and passion. Oh, are we talking, I want to say, are we talking gospel, inspirational? Well, I, I just say that it's inspirational. Okay. Uh, I grew up in the church, so that's always a part of Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so no matter where I go, even when we were doing, when I was doing the R&B stuff with mm-hmm. my group, there were always... 
a gospel inspirational yeah. feel in all of the 112 music, no matter <laughs> what it was. Um, and so that's always a part of me. But today, uh, my music is, I, I would just coin it as, it's, it's, it's from my heart. It's, right. it's, it's the gift that God put inside of me. So sometimes it may come out as a love song. Right. It may come out as a full gospel song. But right. then it may just come out as something that's just inspiring individuals. It's really interesting. I, I know that I, I, I'm still living a, a life. I'm, a, my life is changing every day. People always uh, marvel at how I, I'm able to reinvent myself. Yes. You know, a lot of people call me a renaissance man. Yeah. Because I am able to do a lot of things simultaneously, and I do them well. I put focus on each one. I don't just do things just to be doing things. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a renaissance man here. I'm looking at a, a multitasking individual. Hmm. When did that start to evolve into your, into your being, Q Parker? When I was 17 years old, uh, I, sometimes I call Puff, Puffy a prophet mm-hmm. because the very first words you heard from any 112 song was, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he realized what he planted. Mm-hmm. However, that has been my motto. You mm-hmm. know, um, the grind continues. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop. I believe that, you know, God has blessed me with many talents. Right. And um, I'd be a fool to just focus on just one. Right. And a lot of times when you do that, people will try to box you in. Mm-hmm. And so when they see you in other facets, they'll say, well, Aren't you just the singer guy? Right. No, that's right. what you think. But <laughs> no, no, gonna, that's what they want you to be. That's what they want you to be. Because people want to have a comfort zone to communicate with you. Absolutely. Know that when you're a celebrity, when you reach a certain status, people, they, they, have, to, they have to give up a certain energy to come talk to you. Now, that's true. They, based on the energy that they know. Now, when you start veering out there, that's a whole new lane of information they got to learn about. And it you. makes them uncomfortable sometimes. Absolutely. Yes. And so know that the negativity is really tied to them trying to approach you. Yes, sir. So you have to realize that that's a that's a plus and a minus. Right. Because you really want your brand to be exposed where people understand that you are not limited. What you're talking about right now. You cannot and, limit me. And, and that's why I was when I was just going through your website. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But when I was when I was just evaluating you and they was talking about bringing you on the show, uh, it reminds me a lot of me. Because of the fact that I was a real talented dude. Couldn't sing that. I'm not going to go down that line. It's in you. It's in you. I see it. It's it's deep. But it will never come out, though, Q. It will never, ever come out. (laughs) And the thing about it is that because it's like when you have a – you're successful in the lane. I was Mm -hmm. a stand-up comic. Very successful. And so you were a very successful singer. So there's an intimidation. uh, There's a – but along the way, you are doing the things that you are doing now. You were doing when you were singing, like you said, you, how long you've been in the business. When at one point you said, I know I can do this. Accept me for who I am. I'm going out there. A lot of times you, you don't really fully engage with yourself right. until there are some trials mm-hmm. and there are some storms. Yes. And about seven years ago, uh, the the most trying time in my life and in my family's life uh, really, really sat me down. And I had to really look at myself and, and, and assess the man that I was looking at in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I had to have some really tough conversations like, who are you? Right. What are you going to stand right. for? Are you ready to really accept the responsibility that God has called you to be? A right. father, a husband, a, mm-hmm. an, a leader, mm-hmm. and really tap into your true purpose. Right. Not just the gift, but what's really, really right. inside of you, Q. What, mm-hmm. what is your legacy going to say? Is it just going to stop at, you know, he's a member of 112 and the Grammys, or what is it going to say? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I realized, now I need to turn the chapter. I need to turn the page. Not only fight for my family back. Right. And fight for my marriage. Right. But also set a new foundation of who is this real Q Parker. Right. And see, I've, 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 I have been just giving them maybe a small percentage musically. Right. 
But then now I'm so excited because I get to say in addition to right. the records and the music, mm-hmm. he's also a philanthropist. He also, right. He's also an actor. He's also an entrepreneur. He's also this, 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 this. It and makes so you feel good, right? It's, it's very exciting because I now get to really operate fully at optimum level and not just a portion. You know what? I This would really excite you. You, you. you feel in control. Yes, sir. See, see, the thing about it is that even though I was a successful stand-up comic, I was only based on I had to go into a club to perform. Right. When you're an entrepreneur, you can sit down, you can plan, a, you can get the right people around you, plan a strategy, yes. and you can move forward, and you can see your work changing, even if it's just one person. Yeah. It don't have to, you know, all you need to change is one person. Then one person becomes two people, then three, then four, and yes. five. It's not 10,000 people, 500 people. See, that, that, that's, a, that's a whole scale that involves a lot of people who have to make a, a judgment call on whether you can perform that task mm-hmm. of drawing those people. Yeah. Now, these ideas that I'm talking about, are they just dreams that you had or you work, sit down with your team and you say, what, do, what, what are close to your brand that we should uh, impact? Because that's really what I'm talking about. This is your brand being extended. Yes. So I've talked about, I've talked about the, uh, the Q Parker Carolyn. We yes, talked sir. about the, uh, the My Lady's Benefit Sorway. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the father and son because you said you have yes. a 15-year-old. Yes, sir. So this is really close to your Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Let's talk about the brunch. So the brunch is, it's the father-son Sankofa brunch. And mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for... Sankofa, talk, Sankofa. explain Sankofa. that. Sankofa is African for just reach back. Mm-hmm. Give, reach back and grab mm-hmm. and make an opportunity mm-hmm. for the next generation behind mm-hmm. you. That's why the when you look at the logo, the, the bird is... Looking backwards, right? It's like I'm not gonna leave you backwards. I have to you be make thanking, sure that you, you be thanking you. you I, I have a great team, man. I have a great team. You be sitting in the room just thinking. Like the bird gotta look back now. Bird, 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 right. bird flying, flying, looking back. And now he's soaring, but he's looking back now. Can't have that bird like soaring forward, and leaving everybody. You can't. Um, so it's it's an opportunity for fathers to come out with their sons, or even uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, with their nephews, or even if there's just a, a man in, in his neighborhood who right. sees that a young man mm-hmm. is without a male male figure in his life. This mm-hmm. is an opportunity for them to just come in the room and, man, we just love on each other, man, because I, I believe that as men, one of the first things we miss out on is affirming each other. We right. look to mm-hmm. women a lot of times to tell us how great we are and how, how we are just this. But I think the very first line is, I got to know that my brother appreciates me, which is why Brothers United of Atlanta is very, very dear to me, man, because we want everybody to know, every mm-hmm. man I had to know that mm-hmm. you're not on an island on your on your own, man. And no matter what you've gone through, there's another brother that looks just like you right. who has a similar story and who can right. really relate to what you're going through, man. So all of these things are just very, very passionate uh, to me, which in this, this male piece really is is is. Important. Just go look at my notes. Just go look at my notes. I can't believe you just looked at my notes. And didn't even, I was supposed to ask that question. Q. I was about to segue, man. See, see, oh, He's going to look down and go, and that male piece. And, see, if you wouldn't have said it and the male piece, you'd have been smooth. But you look down with, oh, he's going to talk about that. And the male piece. What no, the, you know what? You didn't choke on my show. Just no, close let, let me tell you something so funny, right? I can't stand and entertainers. So, I can't so, they, listen, they so growing up in, in media training, right? Right. The, the rule number one is always go in with a mission and get out what you want to get out. And so if you got three minutes, you got to have one long run-on sentence and just get all of your information in, right? And so before you stop me, I got to say, and. So that, <laughs> but wrap it up. We got a minute left. Wrap it up there. Okay, the Bridge Project. Um, that is something that is 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 so impactful to me. Mm-hmm. It's going to impact the world. It's an all-male project that mm-hmm. is going to blend the world of 
gospel and the urban mainstream. So many times there's this divide between these two genres yes, specifically, mm-hmm. and um, this project is going to alleviate that. It's going to show that these worlds can coexist mm-hmm. and that they are one and the same. They right. they they support each other. One, they are influenced by each other. Okay. They have the same demographics. And so imagine your most notable gospel male singers and your most notable R&B um, male singers okay. together on one project. And so okay. there are 55 men representing. And when you said Jason's lyrics, mm-hmm. the last time something like this happened was on the Jason's lyrics soundtrack where they had a song called You Will Know. Dude, they had all I'm, in that. R&B. I'm in that. I, I'm in that video. I'm in that video. Fast Freddy is in that video. I know, man. Look, brother. Oh, see? Yes, yes, see? yes. Okay, so the, <laughs> so the beauty about this one is never have there been a blending of gospel and R&B. And so we have a... You will know we are the world. Absolutely, that's a beautiful on this, song on this mm-hmm. bridge project called "I Need You" mm-hmm. that has forty-three men representing, and then the remaining songs on the album are duos: a gospel guy and an right. R&B guy. So right. the bridge project will be out um, next month. Um, the bridge project, official bridge project, on all social media. Keep official Parker, bridge project. My man, Thank I appreciate you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so December sixteenth, you got me. Yes, Carolyn with Q Parker and friends. December 16th. The benefit, I'm gonna bring desserts. Yes, sir. You know, I, I'm gonna be real. You know, baked banana pudding. You know, we love all of that. Pie, peach all of that. Cobbler, you know, cheesecake. All of that. My man, you, you family now. I love you, man. I know, I know, I know, hey, I know, and, I know. Uh-huh. And I want to do something for you, man. We like, gotta, we gotta I, do off air because I gotta go. S- on this send one. me some music, and I want, I want to sing on one of your uh, intros. Or okay, something. cool. I love that. I love that. Gotcha. This is Rashad McDonald, Money Making Conversation, Q Parker. Yes, sir. My nephew. My love nephew. It, love my it. Love it. Love it. Love it. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, used to always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. I'm the host of Money Making Conversations. Each money-making conversation radio talk show podcast shows about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, uh, CEOs, uh, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. My guests in turn deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. It's really important that the uh, information I give to people on this uh, through these uh, podcasts and through these radio syndicated radio stations is about it's free, and you should at least take the time to understand that the information has no strings attached to it. I am going out of my way. I'm contacting people. People are contacting me because they feel their story is important and because of the fact that it isn't. Hollywood tends to give you a magical moment like it happens overnight, and it does not happen overnight. In fact, it can happen <laughs> too many nights before it actually happens. 
And when it does happen, you better be ready because you don't know if that ride going to come back around. My next guest is a forward-thinking entrepreneur, has built her brand on overcoming every obstacle on the journey of life and in business with perseverance and will for a and a will for a greater good. Adding a CBD store to a portfolio, vegan makeup line, and a few other projects up her sleeve, she is on her way to becoming a mogul in the making. Please wait, welcome to Money Making Conversation, Deandra Alex. Hi there. Good morning. <laughs> uh, this is well, there's a question. There, I got that, that statement of forward-thinking entrepreneurs in your bio, and I've never heard that before. What exactly is that forward-thinking entrepreneur? Being a forward-thinking entrepreneur is just another way to say visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, I so you out here making up words? That's have, what you're doing, Deandra. Just, 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 just. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just coining your own phrases over here. I'm over here thinking. I'm, 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 I'm waiting on a deep, th- a deep statement from you. Oh, uh, Richard, Richard is really just visionary, just reworded. That's all. You're I too make much. Up words all the time and redefine <laughs> or create their meanings all the time. <laughs> I love her. I love her. It was just a visionary reworded. That's all. That's all. Forward yeah. thinking. That's all. You just, just, just come off the top of the building. You don't have to jump. Come on down. Come on down. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy this interview already. I know it. For a fact. So let's just, just tell, but let's talk it, about, let's talk about a, a how it all started for you. Uh, I read a little bit about it, but your bio and the, the whole process before we talk about the, the LeBron James relationship and the CBD and all that stuff. Talk about your start. Gosh, oh man, um, my start started when I was fifteen. I guess I should say um, I wanted to be a rapper, and I. But could you rap though? But home. could you rap though? Come on, Miss. Could, could. I, yes, I yes. During my time, yes, I was very talented. Okay. And I ran away from home to be this rapper. Uh, I took myself out of Christian school and rode myself uh, into public school. Um, Ended up pregnant a year later, however, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I graduated early. Mm -hmm. Um, Still continued to do music after I graduated from high school and I rubbed shoulders and did music with some of the industry's most influential people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I even did a cypher back with Kobe Bryant back in the day uh, mm-hmm. when I was rapping. We used to do cyphers and stuff after the games. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a little bit of, you know, regular extra work, Steve Harvey show, Moesha, City of Angels. I did all of that kind of stuff. So I've always been in the sports and entertainment industry. It was just kind of my thing. And then um, I decided to, after that, just move to Atlanta with my two-year-old son. We trekked across the United States in the dead of December. I moved to Atlanta and wanted to rap. Um, still there because it was the mecca of music back then. And um, after pursuing that for a little while, um, worked with like Block Entertainment, which is Candy's, um, you know, um, daughter's father. I think I even had sat down with Slim from Cash Money. He transferred my ADAT music over to a CD back then, but it just wasn't the industry for women now wasn't what it was back then. So I had to kind of like reassess and switch gears, and I got involved in one of my other passions, which was sports and entertainment. Um, I ended up trying a little stab at corporate America with Fidelity Investments for a little while. That just wasn't being in a nine to five, working nine to five in the office every day really wasn't my thing. 
so I got involved in the um, in the service industry, and I bartended, worked at 680 The Fan, and I pushed myself into becoming a sports and entertainment journalist. Right. Um, never had any experience doing that. I can't even tell you how it happened. I just know I submitted a story to Dub Magazine, and then the next time I had three covers right after that. So it was <laughs> kind of fast for me. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, then I went over to North Carolina and started working for an NBA team, and that's kind of like the cusp on how everything came into fruition for me for um, um, more than an athlete, um, lifestyle for the culture and everything like that. So that's a short, that's a short, short, short version. I know. Cause you, you, you climbed a lot of years there, you know, you went from running away from home, you know, got pregnant, you know, you didn't say nothing about my boy, Al Harrington, you know, cause he's my boy. I really saw his name in the yes, bio. The same thing about Mario Williams, yep. you know, all these significant names you yep. could be dropping, you know, in this interview, make this interview bigger, you know, but she's going to leave all these important names out of this whole process. So, I see, see I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to hype you. That's what this, this is the purpose of this interview. This purpose interview is hyping you. And you know, here's a funny thing about it. Well, what did you, what did you, you said, you mentioned the Steve Harvey sitcom. You, you did some things on the Steve Harvey sitcom. Yes, I was a, I was one of the regular extras on this show. When you know, some, you when, know, some, we on the real, on the real, on the real, on the real, we met. Because uh, you know, because I managed Steve Steve Harvey for 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 2000 to 2016, and I used to always be okay, on the set. Right. I used to always be on the set, and uh, and and, I, and we've actually we've actually had conversations. Because I looked at your picture, I probably went, have. Yeah, because you yeah, she, she she had no problem talking to you now. She 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 come out. No, not at all. No, she had no problem talking to you. Told her she she lay out a game plan right in front of you. This is what I'm gonna do. I went. I remember I told Steve. I said she's kind of aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be, you know, because especially with you being, you know, an extra, you know, sometimes it's, you 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 you're just disconnected, and people the people just see you just right. out there as as a you know you know being an extra sometimes is so far off the beaten track, it is really it can right. be just so people so disrespected sometimes, and so I remember right. when I met yeah. with you and I was talking to you a couple of times because because I remember one time you. I remember one time you found out who I was and you came over, okay, you had a little extra conversation about what you wanted to do. And, uh, and so right. when you said Steve Harvey, because I, I was looking at that picture, because when they send the, uh, the, 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 the portal, they always send photos. And I was looking at that photo, I said, she looks very familiar. And we said Steve Harvey. But it's all good because, like I said, I meet people in my life and I talk to them at different times and, and to see the success that you're having now and to see that you're 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 talking you're just putting out names that have I, I like to say have been important in my life. Uh in your right. interview and on your in your portfolio is really amazing. And um Thank so, you. it really is. Uh, briefly let's talk about the you know, we talked about the, the the life leading up to career. What is a lifestyle for the culture? First we're gonna talk about that, and then we're gonna talk about more than an athlete. Okay. Let's talk about lifestyle for the culture. Okay. And we're talking to uh, DeAndre Alex. (laughs) So Lifestyle for the Culture is a lifestyle management and PR firm. And I also do brand strategy. And I created that in 2018. I have done so many things for athletes. I have been of service to so many athletes. I've been around athletes and entertainers all my life. 
And me just as a person, it's the second nature for to me to be of service to period. So right. um, with me working in the service industry, I was the go-to person in Charlotte when an athlete wanted to have a VIP experience or they needed to know um, the happenings going on in Charlotte or if there was a particular restaurant um, that an athlete wanted to go to, I was always the person that people would call to say, hey, B, they, you know, people affectionately called me B, hey, B, where <laughs> is this going on tonight? I need for you to set up this experience for me here, there, or, or whatsoever. I think the title means, explains what is more than an athlete. More than an athlete. And then, and then, the, then the, the most influential athlete, modern athlete in LeBron James. You know, that's influential from a from a financial, from an entrepreneur, from an entertainment, from a political standpoint, says, hey, I want to be a part of that because that represents what I've been saying all my life since I was playing high school when I got my boys Maverick and Rich Paul and all of us got together and we said this is what we want to do. We want, I want my brand when I walk away from this to be a representation of being more than an athlete. It's what Magic Johnson says. All these people who go out there and who are very powerful individuals who have learned that athleticism has allowed them to uh, open the door. They want to stay there after they stop dribbling the basketball, stop throwing a football, stop tackling somebody, stop hitting the home run. And that's really, you have a powerful mantra that you created. And I'm just glad you took time to share your story and, and know that you can always come back on my show and, and communicate and, you know, be real about it. You know, Miss Visionary, all that forth. You're a visionary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Um, I could definitely say I was a little bit nervous, but you definitely have uh, gave me a warm welcome, and I absolutely had a wonderful time. Oh, it's great. You're, you're special, and uh, like I said, that it's great that I, I, if you wouldn't have said Steve Harvey's show, I wouldn't. I would have walked away going, "Oh, she looks familiar to me." But then when you when you connected the dot, that's great that I met, I met you way back then in the casual setting and to see the success and hard work that you're following your passion. And really, it was not sitting over there rapping. It was not sitting over there trying to act. What you're doing right now, you're changing lives. And you're changing lives at such high levels. And uh, and you're being, a, a, by the way, a great parent, too. Okay? And keep winning, all right? Wait, December 13th. Yes. We did it. <laughs> Graduate from college December 13th. We awesome. Did it. We did awesome. It. Great. Talk soon. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm -hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm -hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be more you know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com.
Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My next guest is also very successful, big fan, man. One thing about this show, man, I've been in, I've been in the position to talk to friends of mine who have been successful in this business, and also my next guest. I have always wanted to talk to this guy because he's just so talented, and I just want to get into his head and find out uh, when he found these natural gifts outside of athletics, which is acting. My next guest is a film and television actor, businessman, retired basketball player, and esports franchise owner. He played in the NBA for the Boston Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers, storied franchises, winning three NBA titles. Hey, you know, you can win one. Winning three, you got to be doing something right. Please welcome to the Money Making Conversations, Rick Fox. Hello. Thank you, Thank you very much for having me. Hey, Rick, tell me this, man. You went to North Carolina, right? I did. I sure did. <laughs> okay. So, Tar Heel, Tar Heel Baby, doing your thing back then. Now, where yeah. did where did the acting pop up? Was your degree at was your was your academic training in drama or something? When did the acting pop up? What was your degree plan well, in North Carolina? Yeah, I was in college from eighty seven to ninety one, mm-hmm. and at that time, I started off as an econ major mm-hmm. for a season, and it was uh, very taxing, and, and I did well enough at that semester. But I realized I didn't have uh, between you know basketball practices under Dean Smith and academics at Carolina, mm-hmm. as well as a social life. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was something that uh, I knew was going to be hard to manage all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I was starting to blossom as a, an NBA player, potentially. Mm-hmm. So finding you know, what I would do in my career after basketball, I knew, I, would, I knew I'd be in the NBA, and so it was an opportunity to look at what was that major that I could take that I could transition out of uh, the career in sports into. So I figured, you know, look, radio, television, motion pictures was something from an entertainment standpoint I'd be able to use as a broadcaster, as someone that uh, would be maybe involved in television in, in some capacity in the future. So I studied radio, television, motion pictures from a communication standpoint. Uh, and in my senior year, I took a couple classes because I was ahead. To, I was ahead, ahead hey, Rick, to Rick, you know, you don't hear that a lot. Senior year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I went four years in college, man. Graduated. Uh, yeah, I come from the era where you didn't really leave mm-hmm. uh, school unless you were Michael Jordan, and mm-hmm. then you didn't even leave until after your junior year, let right. alone mm-hmm. freshman year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I took a drama class, which was a part of a, a, a elective as a radio, television, and motion picture. I took an art class, mm-hmm. and it was in that moment when I took those two classes, I realized that. It was an artist in me, uh, a creative side that I didn't know existed. And if I hadn't taken them in my senior year, I probably would have, uh, my degree probably would have been in drama. Uh, but I, I finished and graduated, and, and I knew at that point I wanted to explore it some more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as I started my MBA career, mm-hmm. about the second year into my career, mm-hmm. an opportunity to audition for a movie came up. And so I went, I went in that direction, and I uh, made an attempt to try and uh, be hired as an actor. Well, my friend, um, you know, I have I'm, ta- I'm speaking to Rick Fox, uh, uh, NBA champion. Oh, you, we're not the word former. He's an NBA champion, three time NBA champion. Uh, he's on the show to talk about One Fine Christmas, which premieres November fifteenth at nine p.m. Eastern 
and Pacific and uh, 8 p.m. Central on OWN, the OWN network, that's Oprah's network. Um, before we get into that in more detail, you had that sweet jumper, a sweet jumper, you know, you know, you three-point shooter. Just looking at the game today, you know, because, you know, you get slapped for hitting mid-range jumpers nowadays, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody <laughs> hit you in the back of your head. The coach might throw a basketball yeah. in the back of your head nowadays. Yeah. So, how, what do you say to that? Is that is that smart basketball, or, or or is that just the way the game is nowadays? It's the game today. Uh, I I come from a different era. Mm-hmm. We you know we did that. We shot threes, but we didn't shoot you know fifty four threes in a game. Yeah, you shot, <laughs> you you know? shot strategic uh, threes. Today. Strategic threes. Yeah, today's mm-hmm. today's game is just a different brand of basketball, and it's not to say that it's not. Um, the way to play the game. I, I don't, I, ch- I choose not to really judge uh, this era's basketball as something that's not. Well, basketball. I'm judging it, Rick. I'm judging it. Rashawn McDonald judging it, man. If you, yeah, if, I, I, I see yeah, these guys, I, man. I, I, Come on, Rick. I see these it, guys. They stepping behind the back. They got a nice little 18, 17 foot jumper. They step back. Just yeah, I know. I know. It's, 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 let me put it this way. It's taken me a lot of years to, to, to tune in. Uh, and accept that as as you know the brand of basketball that I would I would coach or I would I would want to play. Um, it must be fun, I'm sure, and very rewarding financially to guys because statistically, you can see that they can put up a lot of uh, statistics. But, volume points. Uh, volume it, points. But is it winning? Is it winning? Is it winning basketball? In some cases, it's been winning basketball for some teams, but. I think when you have 30 teams trying to do the same thing, not every player is capable of shooting from the range that we see Steph shooting from now, or that we even see one or two big men shooting from. But everyone, Trey Young, Trey Young, he just throwing it, it up. Yeah. He, he's like you, yeah. you passing the ball on the other side of the court. He's shooting. <laughs> yeah, Trey, no, Trey, can you get the ball you, on you the other side of the court? Shot. My era, in my era, you could take a shot from that distance, made or miss, you were sitting on the bench the rest of the game. I mean, I mean, Trey, y'all are crazy. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm based in Atlanta, based in Houston, so I always have interesting stories because I, I always remember Game Seven when uh, Houston lost to Golden State. They missed like 27 three pointers in a row, something like something incredible. You know, all they had to do is just drive to the goal, just drive to the goal, lay it yeah. up, just lay it up, just determined to hit three pointers and lost. It was just the most. Most tragic thing I'd ever saw in my life because you know that was a, that was a series where Chris Paul pulled his hammy and I just had to sit yeah, out game six that. or seven. You know, Chuck, well, you know Charles Barkley would tell you 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 know, live and die by the by the by the jump shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the teams I've seen teams that happen to teams consistently, and it really is. And so so now let's go over to the active because I want to talk about that a little bit because I became a fan and you know when you look at people you you see their talent you're a good looking guy and then you talented athlete when you made your you know i know the first appearance in acting that really caught my eye was oz you know use a good show yeah oh man i'm telling you man you i was like you you look like you look like a a basketball player that needed to be in jail (laughs) right you know what i'm saying because Uh, you know montana there's a great cast of actors in that in that tv series they kind of broke the cable mode and unlocked cable television for its grittiness. I mean, when we watch cable today, you see and hear, you know, there's nudity, there's language, there's, right. there's graphic content. I mean, it, it, they pushed they push the boundaries. And Oz was pretty much that first show 
uh, some 20 something years ago that did that. And, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was a part of, you know, something iconic and, and it was, it was, it was amazing to work with the talent, talented actors that if you look at the roster there that went on to man today, they they, they star in some of the top movies and TV shows uh, out there. Tell us what the movie exactly is about. One Fine Christmas was the premiere is Friday, November 15th, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN. Tell us what the movie's about. Well, it's a holiday movie. And, uh, you know, at this time of year, you know, you can't get, I, I personally can't get enough of them. Okay. Um, Big fan here, bro. Big fan. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, setting the tone of family being the most important thing. And as we know, you know, getting together at the holidays is not always the easiest thing to do. It brings brings families together, but it brings up a lot of um, a lot of feelings and emotions amongst and around yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, you know, if you stop and really just, you know, take in those that are loved and, and, and those that are around you. I play a character, Roger, who gets stuck in, in, in the city, uh, who's, who's doing it, has a business a relationship with Susan, the character that, that is the mother of, uh, Sasha's character, Haley, right. Haley's home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And her mom is one of those go getting nonstop working individuals that isn't, is, is, is watching this, the holiday season pass her by because of her, her inability to stop and, and, and be present with her family. Right. And, uh, and so there's three storylines and then, uh, my storyline with Susan and Haley are just, uh, just, uh, the element of the romantic potential relationship during the holidays that comes together and, um, played by Vanessa Williams, not my wife, my former wife, but, uh, the other Vanessa Williams. Right. <laughs> that she's always uh, had to explain that throughout her acting career, by the way. Yeah, they both, <laughs> they both have. Yeah. And, uh, but it was nice to meet her and, and work with her mm-hmm. finally because I've obviously followed her from her work as well, and it was it was a bit of an inside joke for us to all be on set and at the same time you know uh, be working with uh, Sasha's other mom. <laughs> it really, did you know, <laughs> just, it's really interesting looking at your brand now. E, uh, e franchise owner. I was looking at the Ballers, which is on HBO, and they had one of the characters was going in that direction, being an e-franchisee owner. What exactly is that, Rick? A uh, professional sports owner. I think of uh, owners that own the Lakers or Celtics or um, whatever pro team, traditional sporting team you you, you may be a fan of. Um, this generation is has grown to a level where the technology has unlocked the opportunity for uh, a global a global presence around video games. Uh, whether it's the viewing of them and the enjoyment of watching them and watching people play them, or the, the, your desire to actually compete at the highest level and make it a career yourself. Now I you saw because yeah, I saw this special on sixty minutes. They was talking about you know they got them. It's it like a little team. You know they're in a house. They got to practice. They got to you know they got to oh, train yeah. over and over. And you got to you try to recruit the best players for your team. Is that how it's set up yeah. for you as well? Oh yeah. No, this is this is pro pro sports, and uh, you know I got in at a five years ago where you know the initial investment with my partners was a million dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, within a short four or five years, and you have esports brands uh, and teams that are valued at four hundred million dollars, 
you know, ours hasn't reached that what level you, yet. What would you, what'd you uh, say, man? What'd you, I need to slap you, Rick Fox. What would you just say, man? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. The, the, the East now, why, why did you call money-making conversations four or five years ago? You know, then, then I'd be happy with you, brother. Because I know I could have got us yeah, a $400 million franchise tag. Because that's what I do, brother. That's what I do. Well, well let me tell you, the, the gaming industry at large is a massive industry. It's it's larger than the It's the largest you know, industry and entertainment, it's, it's, it's quite doubles music and TV and movies. So, so when you think of, uh, you know, the opportunities in the esports community around video games in general at large, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. And so, uh, we grew up, as you know, I'm sure we grew up in the put down the video game controller and get out the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. This generation, you tell you tell a kid that in this generation, He'll just leave the house and go to his phone and play video yeah. games on his phone. Or Absolutely. Because my daughter, she's in game design. Yeah, That's a, she's a, she's, yeah, she's in game design. She said she went to school yeah, there you go. So for mechanical fun. engineering, and now she's a yeah. she's a, a, a National Honor Society Dean List student in game design. So wow. I, yeah. my man, I know what you're doing is, is not only cutting edge, but money-making. And so I just want to get you on the call. First of all, I'll tell you I'm a fan of your your skill, you're, you're a fan of what you've done with your career and what you are doing with your career, from not only from an acting, educational, from a from a parenting, proud. I'm a proud papa too, brother. So I know where you're coming from. I know the smiles on your face. And when my daughter gave me an honor at the University of Houston and put it around my neck, I know that was a proud moment for me. So, again, One Fine Christmas premieres Friday, November 15th on OWN, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN Network. My man. I appreciate you calling my show. And and anytime you need me, Rick, uh, Rashawn McDonald will be there for you to promote anything that you do. You need me to promote your, your e-franchise, just let me know. I'll do it for you, okay? Thank you. Thank appreciate you, you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, used to always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be more you know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness is invaluable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. Of course, I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am the host of this podcast, syndicated radio show. Uh, each Money Making Conversation radio talk show or podcast is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer, uh, listeners, uh, access to business owners and celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. In turn, uh, these guests provide uh, a deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. My next guest is, uh, I, I would honestly tell you, I've never had a guest on the show like this person because, uh, what he does is pretty interesting. And so I'm going to really have a lot of uh, questions. And I'm just going to be asking just general questions because it's very curious. My next guest uh, 
uh, career has been compromised, uh, primarily of uh, comprised, excuse me, uh, compromised. My next guest's career has been comprised primarily of playing key roles in startups, aiding the evolution of B2B social technology, and creating user experiences. It was in uh, his personal life that he developed his civic accountability and political awareness. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Horace Williams. Hey, everyone. Here's the introduction. How you doing, my friend? Better to be here. I'm uh, doing right. I can't complain. I'm blessed. I know. That's right. Come on now. We woke up. Now, I always tell people it wasn't that alarm clock that woke you up either. Okay? You, yeah. Twice. Absolutely. Cool. Now, let's talk about your career, your life. Uh, you're an HBCU grad, correct? NT, Aggie Pride, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let, let's talk about that because a lot of my, uh, a lot of my uh, uh, stations that carry my show are HBCU schools. And so whenever I identify yes. a guest who is an HBCU grad, I always like to bring up the significance of what, how HBCU, an, H, an attending an HBCU school has shaped your life academically and socially. Can you expound on that? 100%. It's probably the easiest question you can ask me. Um, North Carolina Ante in particular, um, I actually, it was a very interesting scenario. I got in there um, on application because I'm still out of high school in New York. And um, I had teachers who were extremely proactive uh, in the process of me, you know, coming into the school and realizing things like, you know, they called me out. They said, hey, Harsh, you answer all my questions in the class, but then you get 70s on my test. What's going on? And they took the time out to study with me and work with me. They, they were very intentional about my success. And I was not accustomed to that um, in the high school I went to in New York City. And as a result, I graduated in three years with honors after coming in on academic probation. And that was completely a byproduct of the faculty there seeing my potential. And then in addition to that, giving me opportunities, giving me opportunities, giving me opportunities, money, you know, everything. So, you know, I, I will, A&T will hold a special place in my heart forever, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same about their HBCUs. You know, HBCUs are known for their, their mighty bands and their athletic, athletic yeah. programs, and from the academic side, the, they're not getting credit for that. And when I think of programs like, you know, Empowered, which is to me is, 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 is a, a form of academic, it's because it's based on information. And when you provide people with information, you're educating them. And so tell us about what is empowered. Interestingly enough, like I said, it's, it's, it's great that you framed it almost as, as, as an educational offering because this is our segue into how I believe we can get people civically engaged. Empowered is an application, it's free, and it's spelled E-M-P-O-W-R-D for anyone who wants to download it on Android or iOS. And what it does is it allows you to partake in engaging elected officials by having one access to them, but then two, understanding what they do. Um, what we try to do is focus on the advocacy component of civic engagement. I think a lot of time and effort as a society goes into the campaigns, and I think that's great. I think we want to get the right people elected to represent us and invest in that. But what they do in office, the things that we complain about lobbyists doing and, and you know, large companies and, and organizations controlling our government, that's the advocacy component. And we really need to play a stronger role as a society in engaging officials while they're in office in order to change our economic circumstances in many cases. So that's where empower plays a role within the access and education and in the facilitation of engagement between constituents and elected officials. Elected officials. Now let's go back a little bit here. 
because I got it. Because when we start talking about politics, you start talking about social media. I got to bring up the you know, this is a little bit more detail. Maybe maybe I'm stepping too far in this conversation base about you know the the way the the Russians played a role in in the political election yeah. of 2016. How they were able to you know get information on certain people the way they thought, the way they walked, where they talked, where they yeah. was able to sway their through through campaign. Campaign information, you know, by yeah. saying if you, this person walks and talks this way, well, if we keep walking and talking this way, we could lead them down this path. What is yeah. different from what you're trying to do? Well, so here's an interesting thing. Uh, when we talk about the Russian piece, right, we're talking about, and, and I come from a like a social media uh, technology listening background. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about what we're talking about is is that they basically leverage the the fault of digital advertising. Mm-hmm. And used it against us to create these little small bubbles in the social, social ecosystem where everything someone believes is validated by something that is essentially invalid. Right. And what they've done is is that you know, and they use that to, you know, one expose you know you know our societies you know our, our deeper inner troubles, but you know what happened there is is that they were trying to change how people think by, you know, using the same models that are used by, you know, Nike to help people buy a pair of sneakers, right? Like they're not showing you a bunch of sneakers and saying, choose one. They're learning about you and trying to put the sneakers in front of you that they believe you're actually going to purchase. And that is not the way to handle politics. (laughs) So when you look at empowered, what we try to do is we try to disseminate objective information across the board relative to your representation, right? Like we're not telling you to go one way or another. We're saying, what are the issues that you're having? We call those causes. And then we use those to connect you to organizations that you can align with for advocacy purposes. Or if you have a little bit more experience, you can directly engage elected officials on your own through the application. You know, this is about maintaining your own quality of life. It's not a social network. It's not, if you go to the app, you're not talking to a bunch of other people and having a bunch of, you know, communication sessions around things that, you know, are, uh, you know, that you believe are important to you. This is a action-driven application, and it is focused on an objective, non-party bias ability to create relationships with elected officials and organizations that allow you to, you know, have the quality of life you deserve and make that accessible to everybody. So we are not trying to steer people one way or another. We're trying to facilitate people's ability to be effectively engaged. I see what you're saying. You're saying that that campaign was specifically driven to grab a single mind and then march that mind with that single thought down this lane. And you're saying we're creating, giving you information about the options, the overall portal of information. You, 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 with, with Empower, that's an app that's, that's free that you can download. Yes. And when you go on that, how does that walk us through the steps of how you use it? How what information do you? Because do you have to do you have to supply information into Empowered? Yes. So what we call it, it's basically a, what we we consider internally a a, 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 a data exchange, right? Mm-hmm. So Empowered manages uh, data for about thirty thousand elected official offices, and what we do is that we tie those elected leader roles to your jurisdiction boundaries, and then we also have partnerships with advocacy groups and organizations, and we tie those groups to the causes that you care about in our application. So when you're giving us information about, like, your location or causes you care about and other demographic pieces, we're using that to align you with 
both your elected representation relative to, you know, your location and your region from your local city council to the president of the United States. And we're also using it to align you with news and information and organizations that are directly tied to the things that you care about in your life. Right. Right. So, and, and, and so that is how, you know, uh, you know, we function in terms of like a use case, for instance, um, you know, right now we've just partnered with Partnership for Southern Equity, which is an organization here in Atlanta that's getting ready to, you know, push the fight against uh, Georgia Power's increasing energy prices. Right. So if you follow, you know, public, you know, uh, Partnership for Southern Equity in our app or, or any of the causes that are tied to their mission, like they will work with you in our application to help lobby your public service commissioners, mm-hmm. which is the local elected officials here in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, to help convince them that they should fight against Georgia Power to lower the energy prices. You know, these are things that people don't think about when they think about political engagement in many times. But our political system is, is a real democratic system, and it is one that is influenced either directly or indirectly by your participation. So we try to enable that participation through our partners, through our user base, and through our data. Really, it's interesting to hear you talk about the whole setup with the um – Really, you're giving a voice because we we have lobbyists and lobbyists are powerful and you're letting people know with social media, you can now compete with the lobbyists who sit in the hallways, who have offices in the the local, every every capital in every state. They have lobbyists in D.C. And so you're saying through your software that was connected to 30,000. You said 30,000, correct? It now gives yeah, you thirty thousand elected officials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it now gives you a voice to be able to communicate through social media that's never that has not been there before. That's pretty powerful, Horace. That's really powerful, man. You know, you you starting to impress me, sir. Really, really. <laughs> you know, seriously, well, I because to make up for all the phone problems, man. Well, you know, but um, you, well, you know the thing about it because of the fact that really, you know, because there's so many ways social media can bring value to the individual. You know, it's, it's made entrepreneurs. Uh, wealthy uh, through social media has made athletes and stars have a voice outside of uh, outside of their craft. And then now yeah. you're saying there's an individual, you know, if you're having problems with the, uh, with the, the local, local uh, power company wanting to raise your fees, then you can do it through social mm-hmm. media and you can go through this app and we can create momentum because I'm going to tell you something. It used to be, used to write a letter to uh, you know, General Mills or Ford and complain a letter. They say yeah. one letter used to be like 10,000 people. Now, social media is worse because now it's, it's, it's in the public's view. And comments get shared, and it can create a, a, a mass, a lot of momentum. So I appreciate you. I really do, and I appreciate you coming on my show. And that's why I created this show. So lanes of information like this can be made public because a lot of people don't understand why this should be made public. Because you spread the word strong where more people know. More people know more people are educated and that's why I consider it an uh, an app where academia and education meets in a political arena where you can empower people to be to control their lives and uh, especially in the world of social media thank you Horace Williams for calling money making conversations hi this is Rushan McDonald the host of money making conversations you say to yourself who calls Rushan Shell? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, used to always say, Rashawn, yes. 
Uh, can you give? Can, can we talk? Can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing, and not just being on the radio. I mm -hmm. felt like at that time, and even now, you mm -hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be multifaceted. You know for a fact now that you about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness is invaluable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action.